Welcome to episode 50 of the Elevate Your 8 podcast. It's a super thing to celebrate. So let's get an extra drizzle, extra whip frappuccino and roll right in. You're listening to the Elevate Your 8 podcast, where we firmly believe that time management and productivity is just a matter of simple mathematics and prioritization. Productivity guru and self-care ninja Chris McPeak will debunk your biggest time management limiting beliefs. It's time to hear from everyday people like you sharing their tips and strategies for success and learning how to incorporate small changes in your life in order to make the most of every hour in your day. If you're ready to prioritize, synthesize, and realize your daily needs and wants, you're in the right place. Here's your host, educator, podcaster, and wannabe 200 breaststroke national champion, Chris McPeak. Hey, gorgeous. This is Chris McPeak. You are listening to episode fucking 50 of the Elevate Your A podcast. I can't believe it. I am beyond. (laughs) I am beyond ecstatic for this monumental thing. And you know what? 50 is not a huge number, right? Unless you were married for 50 years or you're celebrating your 50th birthday. I did that about a year and a half ago, but for some reason, my 50th episode just feels like something mega awesome that I want to celebrate, and we're doing so with an amazing guest. We're going to hear today from Andrea Owen, who is the host of Your Kick-Ass Life podcast, and she has also written two books, 52 Ways to Live a Kick-Ass Life, which I have not dug into yet, but it's in my Audible queue, and the other book that I'm currently listening to, which is called How to Stop Feeling Like Shit. So there, yeah, there will be swear words sprinkled out today, mostly because I'm so excited. It's episode fucking 50. Okay, uh, simmer down, McPeak. You're going to be fine. So how are we celebrating episode number 50 besides a kick-ass guest? I'm having a kick-ass giveaway. It is the epic 50th episode bundle giveaway. That's not the way I wanted to say it. The 50th episode epic bundle giveaway. And there are goodies in this bundle from all of my previous guests. There's books, there's online courses, there's free consultations, there's all kinds of good stuff. Adam Shibley, Andrea Owen, Sarah Steckler, Jeannie Peters, Heidi Luera, and there's so much more. I can't even begin to get into it. You can find out how to enter the giveaway by going to chrismcpeak.com forward slash 50. That's not the number. That's the spelling. F-I-F-T-Y. Enter the giveaway there. All the instructions are on the website and I'll put them in the show notes. So let's rock this, okay? Up next, my interview with Andrea. All right. Good morning, everyone, or afternoon or evening. I don't know when you're listening to this, but welcome to the Elevate Your 8 podcast. I'm super duper phenomenally excited for today's guest. She is an author, a best-selling author, a podcaster, a coach, and a mom. Let's just welcome to the show, Andrea Owen. Hi, thank you. And global speaker. I'm really proud of that. So throw that one in there. (laughs) Global speaker. Let us not forget that, my friends. Okay, Andrea, I'm so happy to have you here. You are quite a presence out in the online world uh, and in the real world. You have two fantastic books out there, How to Stop Feeling Like Shit. I think the other one is How to Live a Kick-Ass Life. 52 Ways to Live a Kick-Ass Life, yes. 52 Ways. I I would assume that connects with the weeks in the year, yes? Yeah. There's a strategy for every week. And then the Kick-Ass Life podcast is also out there. 
Your Kick-Ass Life Podcast. Your yeah. Kick-Ass Life Podcast. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I, I'll get them right eventually. Um, so let's talk a little bit about your origin story, which is a term I borrow from Adam Shively, but it works. Uh, how did you get started in your business and how are you unique from other podcasters and, and online entrepreneurs? Well, you know, you have a short show, so I'll give you the short version and <laughs> how I got started. Um, my background was fitness. That's what I went to college for and was working in the fitness industry. I'd worked both as a personal trainer on the gym floor and as well as corporately for the American Council on Exercise and loved the industry. Yeah, still love the industry. And I found out about life coaching way back in 2003 when it was brand, brand new and nobody knew what that was. Right. Yeah. And I, I sort of took the long way. I had a marriage that completely fell apart very dramatically and traumatically. My husband had an affair with our neighbor and got her pregnant. I entered a relationship right after that, which I had no business doing. I ended up getting <laughs> conned out of thousands of dollars. This person lied about having cancer to cover up his drug addiction. Oh, it was, geez. it was mercilessly, like, it was really really bad for a while there, Chris. And so it truly was a gift from the universe because it forced me to reckon with so many things I had been avoiding my whole life and take radical responsibility for my happiness and fulfillment and growth, et cetera. That's when I signed up for coach training and the rest, as they say, is history. history. (laughs) Yeah. And to, to answer the second part of your question, you asked what makes me unique. Yeah. I don't, like, I'm going to answer this very honestly. I don't, you know, in the beginning, back in 2010, when I first launched yourkickasslife.com, I was, you know, one of the very first, if not the very first, who actually had a somewhat curse word in my business. I remember being so concerned about that. Are people actually going to take me seriously? And then now, you know, everyone ran with it and now there were a dime a dozen. But I think back then that's what made me unique. And now I think what makes me unique is just that I have so much tenure in this industry. And also, I mean, it just that I... And still so very irreverent. And I got advice early on saying that, you know, don't use curse words, unprofessional, et cetera, et cetera. And at the end of the day, like, this is how I am. Like, if you meet me in real life, this is how I am. I didn't want to have two different personas, which I think is more common now online for people just to be exactly how they are. But in the beginning, it wasn't like that. And so it's just always how I've been. Well, it's, you know, it, it shows it's a congruence factor too, and it makes you relatable and, and, you know, showing that you're genuine, especially if, yeah, like you're saying, if, if online and and over the earbuds, it, it, you know, you sound like one person, but then when you're on the one-on-one with, with everybody else, it's uh yeah. So I appreciate that about you. Um, and I think that you have nothing to apologize for. (laughs) Um, so, you know, my, my show is all about productivity and, um, and you juggle a lot of balls and wear a lot of hats. So what are your go-to productivity strategies? You've got an online business, you host a show. Um, how do you carve time for yourself and, and get optimal rest? You know, I, I was reading, ahead of time, you know, what your show is. And, and I thought, well, my gosh, this has sure changed over the last 10, 12 years. Because in the <laughs> beginning, um, I was building the business and, and raising babies, my, both my husband and I. I'm lucky enough to have a household with two people. And in the beginning, it was I wasn't optimizing my eight very well and it was, it was hectic and I was exhausted and it was, it was lots of hard conversations with my husband as we were trying to figure this whole thing out. Now in 2019, as we're recording this, I have a lot of help. I'm in a position financially now where I I have a team and I hire out. I was thinking about 
the amount of free time that I have, I think would surprise yeah. people. I spend a lot of time playing tennis. I spend, I get my eight hours of sleep. I don't work eight hours a day anymore. And this was the goal. Like I have made yeah. this happen. Like this is what I always wanted. I wanted to be able to meet my daughter when she gets off the bus every day. And, and, you know, and, and same with my son and he's in sixth grade, she's in fourth grade. And it's, it's, I know I'm kind of maybe jumping ahead with your questions, but no, you're my fine, answering, you're fine. yeah, it, it just, it's, it's a long process and it's, it's taken a lot of hard work and dedication. And like, let's be honest, I have, um, more resources and privilege than a lot of people that have, it has enabled me to get to where I have before, you know, and productive in terms of productivity, I'm also just inherently, I think my personality, I'm very extroverted. It was easy for me to network. I also started this yeah. business when the birth of Facebook was happening and I used it in a way just because I was lonely and had two toddlers at home. I'm like, who wants to be my friend? Yeah. Just to grow this huge network where people started knowing my name and the name of my company. And so, um, I think it's both I, I, I've worked really hard to get here. If we had been having this conversation in 2010, this would be a much different conversation. <laughs> the short answer is that I have a lot of help. That's awesome. So it, knowing what you know now, if you could go back to, to 2010, what's, what's one strategy you might have implemented to make it more palatable for your sanity? I don't know that I would have been able to fast forward everything to create the success that I did. I don't know if there's any advice, anything that I would really change. Maybe I would have done things like raised my rate sooner and you know, uh, known my worth. And, and I had to go through all of that work myself. But honest to goodness, I think that what I would have changed was started sooner with learning how to communicate in a healthy and effective and loving and compassionate way with my husband, because neither of us knew how to do that. Mm -hmm. I was married before, but it was not, it was not a very healthy relationship in terms of our communication. And I know it sounds very cliche, but this is the, the best thing. And it's not just, and I mean, this is for single people too, you, you know, your coworkers, your, um, your best friends, your bosses, your neighbors, like these are all the people that we have trouble setting boundaries and mm -hmm. communicating what we want. And we end up being passive aggressive or sarcastic or hoping that they read our mind and things like that. And, and that's the thing that I wish that we would have learned sooner. Like we've got it down now, mostly like we still have our, our hangups, but that I think would have solved a lot of problems a lot faster had we learned that sooner. That that's so true, especially when, you know, like my husband and I, we, I essentially have two side hustles. I manage a swim team with him and that's mostly his baby. And then I've got this other thing on the side. So, you know, it, talking through like what's important to get done today, well, does the swim team take precedence today or does Elevate Your Aid take precedence? Mm -hmm. And you're right. You really have to be open and honest about what you want with your partner, especially when, when you share, you know, duties as well. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, that's so important for a longevity. And so you don't resent each other because right. they think you want the business more than you want them. 
And that's, yeah. that's tricky. <laughs> that is tricky. And when you're work, especially when you're both entrepreneurs and you have these, these side projects that you're so passionate about, it becomes like this other relationship that is within the relationship. And then again, it, it, it just really comes down to taking the time to sit down with each other and yeah. hear each other. Like it doesn't mean that you have to agree with the person, but that, at the end of the day, that's all we want is to be seen and heard by the people we love and trust the most. And that I think is more important than any business and right. Cause at the end of our life, what are we going to look back on and be the most proud of? It's the health of our relationships. Exactly. I love that. That's gorgeous. So, okay. We started to talk a little bit about, you know, what my philosophy is about the working eight hours, sleeping eight hours. And it sounds like you've got, you know, you're able to manipulate the system a little bit because you, you've got <laughs> the kind of luxury that allows you to have more uh, leisure in the mm -hmm. elevating of your eight or 12 or whatever it may be. Do you have a morning routine or an evening routine? And I know you mentioned earlier, like you, you have a team, so you have a lot of help, but what are ways that you have found to elevate your eight and, uh, and get all the yeah. things done that are fun and enjoy enjoying? Well, it, and I want to back up for just a second because, yeah, please. you know, I don't want people to think like I constantly live the life of leisure. Like there are times, like if I have a book that's being released, I am working sometimes 10 hours a day. It's just, sure. you know, in a matter of maybe an eight week period where it is just <laughs> pedal to the metal. It's not my favorite time of year, but it's like, what do I want more? Do I want right. the success of this book and the, the longevity of my career as an author and a speaker? I want that more than living a life of leisure. So we do make these sacrifices. That being right. said, uh, you know, I don't, I, I, I did a whole podcast episode so last New Year's called You Don't Need a Stinking Morning Routine because I think that <laughs> so much of my audience is an all or nothing audience and they think sure. like, oh, this is the thing that's going to fix my life and make make answer all my prayers. I do think morning routines are great for some people. I don't think they necessarily have to be for everyone in order for you to feel fulfilled and productive, right. et cetera. That being said, the thing that I have back incorporated into my life is exercise. I took a two-year hiatus a long story. It's only a 30 minute show. We'll talk about that next time, <laughs> but I'm back. I've been back for a few months and it, and do, do I want to work out early in the morning? Absolutely not. I don't, <laughs> but what I want more <laughs> is to have had worked out and have it be done yes. by 8:15, And then I'm on with the rest of my day. And it truly, truly, it, again, another cliche, but when you're physical health is working well, everything works better in your life. And I know that to be true from being on yeah. both sides of the spectrum. I'm 44 now. I'm not 24 anymore. So I do have to work a little bit harder to feel better and just like myself and exercise as someone with chronic anxiety, exercise is my medicine at, at this stage in the game. Yeah. And I, I echo those sentiments. Cause if it's not, if I, if I can't get it done in the morning, it doesn't happen. Cause I'm, I'm not, it's not that I'm not motivated, but at the end of the day, I don't want to get sweaty or, or right. wet in my case, you know, cause I would just be going into the swimming pool. Um, I feel a lot more accomplished when my fitness gets taken care of first thing in the morning. And I find that it, it you know, it sustains my energy throughout the day too. hundred percent. You play tennis. Was that something you did competitively when you were younger or? Yeah. So I grew up on the tennis court. I started playing, no joke. My parents have pictures of me at three years old playing wow. tennis with the two of them. We were a tennis family. My, my, my parents' social life revolved around the community, you know, the swim and tennis club. And I played up until I was 14. And then 
it was time for me to try out for the high school tennis team the summer before my freshman year of high school. And I was so scared that I quit. I not only quit, I mean, I quit completely. And looking back, it was one of those things where, gosh, I wish my parents really would have said, no, you need to try. And if it's horrible (laughs) and the girls are horrible to you on the team, then you can quit, which wouldn't have happened. Like, let's be honest. But they, they let me quit. And who knows, maybe they thought I needed a break, but nevertheless, I did try out for cheerleading and did that. It was very different. It was, wasn't competitive or anything, but I always missed it very much. It, It was a part of my identity and my dad kept playing well into retirement. He coached a high school team. He coached all different ages of people. And so it was heartbreaking to watch that. And it was one of the biggest regrets of my life was quitting when I was 14. And so my dad died in 2016 and my stepmother gave me all of his tennis rackets. And um, I actually have one hanging in my office. It's an old wooden Wilson racket. And uh, I just, it felt like I wanted to play because I love to play and also because I felt like there was unfinished business that I needed to complete, like the circle I needed to complete. And so I went back recently and joined the league, like locally with women my age. And I was crying and it was like so emotional and dramatic (laughs) and to explain to them like what was going on. And they were, and I was terrified, Chris, like I wrote, I wrote about it and talked about it on my podcast. I was driving there to our first actual match so sick to my stomach and having that back and forth conversation of why did I do this? I could have just like gone to clinics and played for fun. Why did I have to actual sign for legitimate matches to play against people? Maybe I can just hide. I'm going to call them and tell them I'm sick. Like this whole conversation (laughs) going back and forth and I needed to just rip the bandaid off. And also I think what helped was telling a couple of the women who I, you know, trusted and just being really transparent about it. And yes, they could have bit thought I was weird. They could have been like, why is, Ooh, who is this girl? <laughs> What's right. And it's, it's a risk that because I work so much and talk about vulnerability and, and shame resilience and things like that, that I, I do have the tools. And that was a risk that I played, but all that to say, yes, it was something I played growing up and also held an emotional charge and weight to it as well. Want to learn the secrets, tips, and tricks to a more organized and productive you? Of course you do. That's why you listen to this show. If you go to chrismcpeak.com forward slash elevate, I'm going to give you something for free that's going to make your life easier now. This is my free guide, top 22 ways to 10 times your productivity, have more energy, get more done, and elevate your age. In it, you will learn incredible tips and tricks such as how to maximize your commute, change your scenery, control your calendar, and delegate, delegate, delegate. Get instant access to these secrets and more right now by going to chrismcpeak.com forward slash elevate. That's K-R-I-S-M-C-P-E-A-K dot com forward slash elevate. Now let's get back to this awesome show. That's so cool. Yeah, my mom was a tennis player as well, and she sewed literally every stitch of clothing that I wore until she passed away. My mom died. I was really young. I was nine. But she made these beautiful tennis racket covers. They were gorgeous. And they were, oh you know, gosh. it was the 70s, so they were yeah. very 70s looking. But she used to sell them in the, in the local clubs and everything. And I think all of my siblings and I each have one cover that we were able to, you know, keep from the, the supplies of stuff like that. But there, yeah. I need to find that. And um, how fun! Yeah, they were really they were really nice. Um, yeah. So hearing you talk about tennis and your 
dad is making me think of tennis and my mom, but more so from the sewing side because she made all these beautiful things. But anyway, yeah. I digress. I feel like I could talk to you about anything. Oh, I get that a lot. I just, that's, <laughs> <laughs> and this is my show. <laughs> Let's see. So my secret question is not so secret anymore. I ask everybody, but I love this question. I think it's super fun. If we woke up tomorrow and suddenly there was a 25th hour in the day, what's something that you might do just for yourself to utilize that 25th hour? I would probably stay in bed and read and oh, not I love that. let anyone interrupt me. Close the door. Yeah. And my husband goes to bed earlier than I do because he gets up earlier than I do. He's just a, a morning person. And he, I'm the one who pretty much continues to parent until about 1030, arguing okay. with my 12-year-old to go to bed. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's bedtime. Yeah. I feel like I, I don't fully get to rest as I'm reading in bed. I'm constantly thinking like, is he in bed yet? Anyway, all that to say, I would love to just like not be, not have to get out of bed, not have to get anybody a snack or drink a water or, you know, my daughter's scared because she saw a Chucky commercial and yeah, oh. just uninterrupted one hour of reading. Staying in bed is becoming a very popular answer. Um, is it really? Whether yeah. Whether it's staying in bed to read, staying in bed to snuggle with the dog or the husband mm -hmm. or the significant other, um, staying in bed to have like your morning coffee, that those are all becoming very popular answers, which is kind of cool. So where can our people, where can the elevators, as I like to call them, where can they find you <laughs> online or connect with you or work with you? I'm at Your Kick-Ass Life mostly everywhere. The website is yourkickasslife.com. I love to hang out on Instagram. So come and watch my Instagram stories of my dog chasing her toys, which I think are more popular than the stories of me talking. <laughs> Same so handle, cool. Your Kick-Ass Life, and then the show, Your Kick-Ass Life podcast. Nice. You got anything in the in the works? Anything new coming down the pike? New book? New Yeah, I have a third book. And Excellent. that oh my gosh, it's been a, a bit of a slugfest internally and emotionally. And but it won't be I mean, I'm still working on the proposal. It won't come out for another probably two years. Okay. That's how it works in traditional publishing. But it's it's a huge creative project, as they all are. And each book has asked something more of me and asked me to sure. up level and and do my own internal work. And as most, I think especially self-help authors do, we mm -hmm. write books because we need to write them for our own selfish <laughs> reasons of growth <laughs> and everything. And um, that's no exception with this one. Do you like to read self-help as much as you like to write it? Or is your are your reading tastes a little bit different than your writing tastes? Not as much as people would think. Yeah. I listen to self-help mostly on audiobook. Um, there are a few exceptions. I love novels. You know, I just finished yeah. Elizabeth Gilbert's City of Girls. I'm actually for the first time ever going through the entire Harry Potter series. I'm on <laughs> book four because my awesome. son is so obsessed with it. And so I'm like, I need to read this so we have something to talk about. And what else am I reading? I, I read, you know, a lot of like, I hate the term, but chiclet just yeah. because for me, it is an escape. If I'm reading self-help to me, that's working. So it's exactly. not really relaxing and I can't really leave my life. Like I'm still in my life. Right. <laughs> so yeah, not as oh, I would do this with that person or I would do this with that person. But yes, I, I look at it as research and becoming a better coach and a better wife and mom and all of those things. So yeah. Cool. We have been speaking today with Andrea Owen of Your Kick-Ass Life Podcast. Andrea, thank you so, so, so much for hanging out with us today. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Chris. It's been super fun. And I always like to thank the audience members because I know how valuable your time is. And I'm always grateful that they choose to spend it with us. Ditto that. Okay. We're out of here.
And to quote Wayne's World, and we're clear. <laughs> <laughs>